Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service. Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen. It begins in disappointment, in discouragement, in disillusionment. But the book ends in a song of defiant praise. Yes, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And if we only knew the beginning of Habakkuk, how long, Lord? And the end of Habakkuk, I will rejoice in the Lord, my Savior. What might we assume has happened in the middle? What might we guess has happened in the middle? I think surely we'd guess that God has answered Habakkuk's prayers. That God has finally come through for Habakkuk and given him what he's been longing for. But that's not what has happened in the book of Habakkuk. The prophet began the book waiting for God to act. And the book ends with the prophet still waiting for God to act. And I'm so thankful that the book of Habakkuk isn't simply that things were bad and Habakkuk was sad and then God fixed it and now he's glad. As delightfully feel good as that kind of story is, it's not the kind of story that speaks very well into the complexity of our own lives. We need something more than a simple superficial success story. The book of Habakkuk isn't a how-to guide on resolving our problems as much as we might wish we had those kind of books. Instead, it acts as a guide for us, as a signpost for us on how to find hope, peace, and joy, even in the midst of our problems, in the midst of the mess, in the midst of our waiting and our longing. In the conclusion to the book of Habakkuk, God shows us where to find the reasons and the strength to choose joy, regardless of our circumstances. I don't think Habakkuk chapter 3 is a particularly complicated chapter. I don't think this will be a particularly long sermon. But I think the truths here can be really hard. So let's pray as we dive in. God, we need you. We need you to teach us how to choose joy no matter what. So please do that tonight. Do that all our days. Amen. Habakkuk chapter 3, the whole thing is a psalm. It's a song. It's got musical uh, references scattered throughout. The end of the psalm even has directions that it should be played to stringed instruments. It's carefully written. 
It's not just an immediate response to what's happening in chapter 1 and chapter 2. Some time has passed. It's clear that Habakkuk has had a chance to do some reflecting in composing this psalm. The psalm begins with the book's final request to God. Verse 2. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. I love that prayer. Emily once wrote down that prayer on a card for me and I keep it in my prayer journal so I can read it a lot. That's an amazing prayer. But if you think about it, it's essentially just the same request Habakkuk was already making back in chapter 1. It's still just a prayer for God to act. It's still Habakkuk pleading with God to intervene in his country, to intervene in his world. However, the tone is different now. Instead of despairing desperation, instead of frustration towards God, now Habakkuk prays with with awe with this new sense of confidence. So what's changed? Judah is still a mess. And the Babylonians are still coming. If the situation is still the same, if Habakkuk's prayer is essentially the same, why isn't Habakkuk still the same? That question has been bouncing around in my skull for weeks now, really bothering me as I've been studying this book. What does God offer Habakkuk that moves him from from raging to choosing to rejoice, to choosing praise? And what could God possibly offer us for us to be able to do the same? I think if we read carefully, it becomes clear. The thing that God offers Habakkuk is himself. He offers Habakkuk himself. He offers Habakkuk a relationship. At the beginning of the book, Habakkuk was feeling forgotten overlooked, ignored by God. But then God showed up. He didn't promise to do what Habakkuk wanted him to, but God listened. He cared. Habakkuk sought God and God came close. It's even in the context of a relationship that he lets Habakkuk in on his bigger plan. We see that plan come up in chapters 1 and 2 where God assures Habakkuk that he does see evil and he won't let evil triumph forever. He will judge Judah, he will judge Babylon and he will protect the righteous. And the plan comes up again in chapter 3 in verses 3 to 15 where Habakkuk has this kind of vision from God. It's a vision of God coming in glory, coming in power, coming in judgment. And it's a little strange because in some ways it seems like Habakkuk is looking back into the past. There's these 
allusions to the Exodus, these echoes of the Exodus in this vision. Of God coming to bring plagues against his enemies. Of God coming to conquer and rescue. But in this vision that appears to look back, Habakkuk's his promise for the future. He concludes it by saying, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Habakkuk has been let in on God's plan. God will again come to save his people. And so Habakkuk has hope for the future. He keeps praying for God's acts, but now in a different way. Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. And it's in experiencing God's presence and knowing God's plan that Habakkuk concludes that he has enough. I don't imagine that would have been an easy conclusion to come to. But hard truths aren't less true. He doesn't have the answer to his prayer yet, but he has decided that he has something better. He has his God. And then he makes the most extraordinary declaration that he will choose joy. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, though everything in my world may fall apart, yet, yet, despite this, regardless, yet, I will Rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. We often want a simpler success story. Things were bad. I felt sad. Then God fixed it, and now I'm glad. And sometimes God will give us that. Sometimes in his mercy, God will just that simply answer our prayers. But not always. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes instead, God wants to give us something different, something that he calls better. He wants to be our companion in the pain. He wants to help us see his plan through the haze of grief and frustration so that even in the midst of our hurt, we too can choose joy. We too can say, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. That's why he gave us Jesus. 
In Jesus we know God's bigger plan. A plan greater than he showed to Habakkuk. A plan greater than Judah and Babylon. A plan for all of humanity. Jesus Christ came into our world, God's son, to bring salvation and healing and redemption and forgiveness and wholeness and rest for his people. That's why Jesus died. That's why Jesus rose again. In Habakkuk's vision, he kind of looks back to look forward. And we need to do the same. Even as we rage against the brokenness we see in the world, the brokenness we experience in our own lives, we need to choose to look back at Christ on a cross. The plan God has led us in on. And look forward to culmination when the king will come again. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And as in the meantime, just like Habakkuk, we find ourselves waiting. Christ doesn't promise us our every desire will be met when we pray. Instead, he promises us himself. He promises his presence by his spirit. And how we might experience his presence can vary. Maybe it will feel like peace when we should be in turmoil. Or confidence when we should fear. Or strength when otherwise we would just be weak. Maybe it's experiencing the loving kindness of another person who has the spirit of Christ living in them. Maybe sometimes it doesn't feel like anything at all. It's just something we know, despite how we feel. Whatever the experience, Christ promises to be with us when we seek him. And maybe I'm saying this, and in your heart of hearts you're thinking, I'd kind of just rather my prayers be answered. Maybe you're thinking that Christ's presence sounds like a, a bit of a consolation prize. And if you're thinking that, you'd be right. He is a consolation prize. Not in the sense of being an inadequate alternative for us. Not in the sense of being something less than having our prayers answered as we want. No, he is a consolation prize because he actually consoles If you can't see right now how Jesus offering himself to you could be better than answered prayers, maybe in the midst of your pain and struggle, Jesus is inviting you to get to know him better. Habakkuk started out in despair, confused, discouraged, longing for God to act. And in some ways, Habakkuk's situation hasn't really changed. He's still surrounded by injustice. He's still longing for God to act. But in the midst of his frustration, instead of running away from God like, Habakkuk, uh, like Jonah did, he sought God out. And God has come close. And in God's presence, he's found hope. He's found peace. He's found the strength to choose joy. 
So like Habakkuk, come to him. Give God your hurts. Give him your questions. Give him your confusion and disappointment and grief and anger. And let his presence strengthen you. Let his plan give you hope. And let his son help you to choose joy. Let's pray. Now, Lord God, we thank you so much for the plan. That you look at the brokenness in our world and you don't just turn away, you don't ignore it. You're not indifferent. That you care so much you gave us your son to live in this broken world and to be broken himself. That we might be made whole. We thank you so much that his spirit lives in us when we trust in him. And Lord God, I pray that like Habakkuk, each of us this evening would realize that that's enough. We pray that you would help us to choose joy in you all of our days. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Penn Hills 6pm Congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus, to have a deeper connection with God, deeper community with one another and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmatts.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.